The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We rejoice and we're glad in it. Amen. I am so grateful to God for all of you, for your faithfulness, for your steadfastness, for you continuing the fight, the good fight of faith. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for today. Last week we had two significant things that happened in our nation. And for those two things, we ought to be glad. First of all, we had a decision that came down from the Supreme Court that denied the lawsuit that the state of Texas was bringing to invalidate the elections in several of the swing states. They filed that lawsuit on behalf of President Donald Trump. But democracy won. Our systems, our institutions did not fail. And for that, we ought to be thankful to live in a democracy. And you know, God is still in control. And so I'm very grateful for that. It's time for change in this country. And it's time for us to move forward. Also, there was uh, news that a vaccine for the COVID-19 was approved and at least two or three others are headed towards approval in the days to come. And for that, we ought to be thankful. And I know some people are very cautious and they're saying, well, uh, you know, pastor, should I take the vaccine? Well, when it's available, by the time it's available to you, I think you'll have enough confidence one way or the other to decide if you should take the vaccine. But the vaccine has, re, uh, has received FDA approval. And it ha has also passed muster with, with several independent, um, um, several independent groups that, you know, review the, the data and the uh, signs for the vaccine. They review the, the clinical trials and to decide if this is a safe vaccine. Well, so far, the reports have been very positive. Now, some people might say, well, still not sure if I want to take the vaccine. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. I know, based on my conversations, particularly with Christina Isaac, that, you know, she works in pharmaceuticals, that most vaccine, vaccines take eight years, 10 years or more to be developed. This vaccine has been developed in 10 months. Now that may cause pause for some of you, but you know, we, we gotta have faith in the science, the data. We gotta have faith in the FDA, and those that are watching over our safety. But isn't this what we've been praying for? Weren't we praying to God? And only God could do that. 
If something takes eight to 10 years or more, but God can do it in 10 months, we ought to give him the glory. We can't have it both ways, beloved. You can't pray to God on one hand and say, God, undertake for this pandemic and then question him on the other hand, well, Lord, you did it too fast. How many hear what I'm saying? Now, you may say, Pastor, you want to take the vaccine. Well, by the time they get around to me, I'll know if it's going to work or not. Huh? Now, the only thing to give me pause, to be honest with you, I, I am very encouraged with, with the data, the signs, the reports from the FDA and other independent groups that are, that are examining this vaccine. But the only thing to give me pause is that needle. It looked pretty long to me. It looked pretty long to me. And so that's my concern. Not the vaccine itself, but that needle. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I do not like to be stuck. I don't like to be stuck with anything or stuck anywhere. Glory to God. So just get the mind of God, all kidding aside, get the mind of God and acknowledge God in all your ways. And he will direct your past. Glory to God. But this could very well be the beginning of the end of this pandemic. This could be a positive sign in our circumstances that God is at work and he's getting ready to manifest something that only he can receive the glory for. Amen. I believe in miracles, beloved. And so if something happens in 10 months that would normally take eight to 10 years or more, I have to give God the glory because God is able to do anything. With God, Jesus said, all things are possible. Amen. This morning, I, I want to wrap up the message I've been doing about have faith in God and ask you to turn, those of you that have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn to Mark chapter 11. The Gospel of Mark chapter 11. In Mark chapter 11, and today I want to begin at the 20th verse. And it reads, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter remembering and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you that whoever says to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believe that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Let me read that again. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. 
that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And today I want to call this message the indispensable condition. The indispensable condition. Now here in Mark chapter 11, we've looked at this for several weeks now. You can see that the miracle of the barren fig tree is the only miracle that Jesus performed with a curse rather than a blessing. He spoke death rather than life. You might ask yourself, why? Why would Jesus perform this miracle with a curse and not with a blessing? Why would Jesus speak to that barren fig tree, that innocent barren fig tree, why would he speak death to this tree rather than life? I believe Jesus used this barren fig tree to show his faith, to use his faith to show his disciples that God was able to accomplish anything, any difficult or impossible situation, and that God could do it with ease. All Jesus did was speak to that tree. I also believe that he was also showing his disciples that faith is the means to deal with and remove difficulties in life. And God knows you will have some difficulties in this life. And if you haven't experienced any difficulties, keep living. So Jesus taught his disciples that if you want to deal with difficulties in life, if you want to remove them, then you got to have faith in God. And he says those difficulties, those problems would be removed only, only if a certain condition is met. And I call that condition the indispensable condition. And that indispensable condition is forgiveness. Let me say it again. The indispensable condition is forgiveness. Now, please notice, beloved, Jesus was saying to the disciples, when Peter exclaimed to the Lord, Rabbi, look, the tree that you curse is dried up from the roots. Jesus' response to his disciples was simply this, have faith in God. Please notice, he said to Peter and the others, surely I say unto you, If you shall say unto this mountain, and he was speaking of the Mount Olive, that's where they were. If you will say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe those things that you said shall come to pass, you shall have whatsoever you saith. He said, have faith in God. Have faith in God to move mountains. Those mountains speaks of the difficulties, the problems, the challenges you may face in life. He says, have faith in God to move mountains. 
Please notice he didn't say get faith. Oftentimes in life we are so busy trying to get something that God has already given us. He says if you want to move the mountains in your life, have faith. Have faith, not get it. Use what God has already given to you. That's the way you deal with mountains. You have faith in God. Now, this couldn't have been a situation where Jesus was teaching us that we can just talk to any mountain anytime we get ready, and that mountain is going to pick up literally and move into the sea. Not so. He was teaching us to have faith in God and use that faith God has already given you. Not go searching for it. I remember one time I had to go looking for my faith. But the faith I went looking for and found, it was already in me. I remember a time when I was on doing radio uh, broadcasting on a radio station in Columbus, Ohio, WBBYFM. And I'll never forget when I called the station manager to inquire about rates because I wanted to put my programming on his station. And when he told me the prices on the rate card, you know, every radio station has the rate card. I thought it was overwhelming. I thought it was too much. I thought it was not doable. So I said, well, I hung up the phone and says, I'll get back with you. So I called my wife. And I told her what the station manager told me. And she can tell I was shaken. And she said these words to me. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? So you know what I told her? Let me call you back. So I found my faith. Where did I find my faith? I didn't find my faith outside of me. I found my, side, my faith down on the inside of me. And I only needed to stir it up. I signed that contract with that radio station. I went on that radio station and never missed a payment. Never missed honoring an invoice on time. Because God is able. And he says that's the way you deal with difficulties. That's the way you deal with problems in life. He says you deal with them by having faith in God. Not get faith, but have faith. Paul told the Romans in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul says, for I say through the grace given unto me to everyone that's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has given all of us faith. All of us have a measure of faith. We have enough faith to deal with our difficulties, to deal with our problems, to deal with our challenges. God has already given us that faith. And this is what Paul wants the Romans to say. He says, for I say through the grace that God has given me. Don't think too highly of yourself. Don't think you can just speak to some physical mountain and think that mountain is going to be removed. It doesn't work that way, beloved. Jesus is talking about mountains in the figurative sense. He says, but think soberly. 
To think soberly is to have a right minute attitude. To think soberly is to have your feet on the ground and not your heads always up in the clouds. But think soberly. According as God has given every man the measure of faith. So we don't have to get faith. We have to have faith because God has already given us that faith. Have faith in God. In other words, have the faith that God gives. And he's already given it to us. Have faith in God. Have faith in God to remove difficult situations in your life. God never intended for us to live with those situations. He intended for us to use the faith that he's given us. Now, once again, from Mark chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, mountain, he told his disciples that the mountain could be removed. Mountain be removed. Now, when Jesus said, if you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. That was a picture Jesus used to simply say, God can do anything. Let me say it again. God can do anything. He can even produce a vaccine in 10 months that otherwise would take 10 years or longer. God can do anything. We cannot sing God can do anything, talk God can do anything, and not live and believe God can do anything. We can say unto the mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea. And when we say that, we're believing God can do anything. Now again, he was speaking figuratively of the Mount of Olives. Mount Olives. Now I don't know... How many of you have been able to travel throughout West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, and, and perhaps some places out west, where when you're driving down the highway, you'll be confronted with this gigantic mountain in front of you, but there's a tunnel that the highway will extend through the mountain. And some of these mountains, most of them, it's at least one mile long to get through. Well, why didn't somebody, if Jesus meant this literally, why does some faith-believing Christian just stand there before that mountain and say, we need a highway, so I'm commanding you to be removed, cast into the sea. No, they had to get dynamite and other explosive to blow a hole in that mountain and make a highway. And the Lord is showing us that faith is your dynamite. Faith is your explosive power. Have faith in God. Mountain be removed because God can do anything. Glory to God. We have that authority. If God has given us the faith, we have the authority to use that faith. We use that faith not to speak to literal mountains, but to speak to figurative mountains. Again, that problem you're facing, that difficulty, that challenge, what seems to be an impossibility, you have the faith to say, mountain be removed, cast into the sea. But whatever you do, beloved, don't doubt it in your heart. 
But believe that those things that you say shall come to pass and you shall have whatsoever you say. Glory to God. But there is a condition to all of this working. There is an indispensable condition. Now the Lord did not give us authority to pray for miraculous powers at our convenience for our fame or our acclaim. Not so. Some people think, well, I have faith, I have power, so I can make a name for myself. No, this is not about you. This is about God. You know, God uses some people to work miracles. He uses some people to manifest power. And the first thing they want to do is frame it in a newsletter. This was not the intention of God. He doesn't give me power to work miracles so that I'll, have, I'll achieve some kind of fame or claim in life. No, it's not for my convenience. Everything that we trust God for must rest on the word of God. Every act of faith must rest on the word of God. If I'm going to say to the mountain, be thou removed, it must be a mountain that the word of God informs me that I have a right to have that mountain to be removed. Stay with me now. It has to be God's will, beloved. If we know that something is the will of God, then we have confidence to speak to it. We have confidence to believe God for it to be removed. If we know that it's will, we have every right not to doubt it. You have no confidence if it isn't the will of God. It is the will of God for me to speak to literal mountains because I don't want to drive out of my way four miles, five miles going around that mountain. That isn't the will of God. But when there's a mountain of problems in my life, when there's a mountain of sickness and disease, when there's a mountain of poverty, when there's a mountain of trouble or emotional turmoil in my life, I have every reason to have confidence that if my faith rests in the word of God, that that thing can be removed. Be why? God has promised me all that. He's promised me that he's my healer. He's promised me he's my provider. He's promised me he is my peace. He's promised me that. So I have confidence to stand on the word of God and speak to those mountains. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, then we know we have the petitions we desire of him. That's the way faith works. It has to be based on the will of God. It has to be faith that rests upon what God has already promised, upon what God has already said. So how does Mark chapter 11, verse 23 work? Now remember, verse 23 is, for I surely say unto you, he's, Jesus is explaining faith to his disciples. For I surely say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but shall believe those, those things that you say, you shall have whatsoever you say. How does it work? 
It's simple. You got to say it. How can you say it if you don't have confidence? But you can have confidence if you know your faith is resting on the word of God. If you know what you're believing for is in line with the will of God. First, you got to say it. Secondly, refuse to doubt it. Third, believe. And fourth, receive. Say it. Don't doubt it. Believe it and receive it. Now, that sounds pretty simple. But Jesus gave his disciples a caveat. He says there is a condition you got to meet. Thank God for Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. What things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. But don't stop there, Jesus said. He went on to say and, the word and. The word and in verse 25 is a conjunction. The word and in verse 25 is a connection. He is connecting everything that he just taught his disciples of our faith to forgiveness. He says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, you might say, Pastor, you don't know what they said to, about me. You don't know what they did to me. No, 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 no. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. Forgive them. Just go ahead and forgive them. You don't want them to plug up your faith, to stop, to cause a dam for your faith. Unforgiveness will build a dam spiritually and your faith will no longer flow. You got to keep faith flowing. So go ahead and forgive them. Don't let them clog up your spiritual pipes. Forgive them. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. There is a relationship between faith and prayer. There's a relationship. You can't exercise faith in prayer without faith. You're just talking loud, saying nothing. You're just moving your lips. We must pray in faith. There is no prayer, sincere prayer, without faith. Without faith, it is impossible. To please him. Faith and prayer go, goes hand in hand. This is what Jesus is teaching his disciples. Whatsoever things you believe when you pray, what things you believe when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them only if you meet this one indispensable condition. And this one indispensable condition is for Forgiveness. So he said, ask, don't doubt, believe, and receive. But there's the indispensable condition that we all must deal with, and that's forgiveness. Do you have forgiveness in your heart? Many people say, well, this thing doesn't work. I stood on the word of God, nothing happened. Well, maybe nothing that happened for you when you prayed or when you spoke the word because you didn't allow anything to happen to you before you prayed and spoke that word. 
Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.